an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Well, praise God. As the Word of God continues to open up your way of thinking to the things of God, uh, you know, earlier in the year, Latasha spoke on a message that I gave quite a few years ago talking about an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Yes. And as you open up to God and get rid of some of the thinking that's been blocking God's avenue into your life, yeah. you're going to open up and the Spirit of God's going to be able to get into your life. And when He does, funny things, yes. <laughs> funny things may happen to you. Hallelujah. God, everybody looks petrified now. Dear Jesus. I think one at a time, Holy Ghost, is going to be all we can handle here. We just want to take care of one at a time. All right, take your Bible this morning. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Hi, did you find it? All right, Matthew chapter 6, let's start in verse 25. Notice this is Jesus speaking. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than clothing? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into their barns, Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Now, whenever I see a question in the Bible, I usually try to answer it. Is that deep? So basically, I say, yeah. Some of you may say no, but I say, yeah. I am much better than them. Verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O of you little faith? And your answer is? Yes. Yes, very good. Hallelujah. Verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his and all these things will be added unto you. And take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now when Jesus came, his first sermon, if you look in Matthew chapter 4, is repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, Jesus was saying the kingdom of God has returned to earth and you need to repent. Now we've been taught that repent means basically repent for the sin, repent for sin, repent for sin. But if you look it up, it's talking about the way that you think. It's talking about repenting because the way you think. Now why do I have to repent for the way that I think? Because the kingdom of God has now arrived. That tells me that the kingdom of God operation and the things of the kingdom of God are not like what I've been taught up to the point when I read that scripture, or there'd be no reason for me to repent because I'm already thinking like God. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
and certainly my ways are not your ways. Then he gives you basically the word of God, which explains the kingdom of God. So you change the way that you are thinking to line up with kingdom thinking. Most things that I was thinking in my life before have been completely transformed by the word of God and by the kingdom of God. They're different. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, God's rule, God's authority in your life, God's rule. And basically, it also talks about his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we found out how is God's will from heaven going to be delivered to the earth? By what? By who? Us, isn't it? By mankind. He said, let man have dominion. He gave man dominion at that time. And he told man to rule here on the earth, to subdue, to to take charge on it. So basically man was given dominion at that time and authority in your life. Say, I have have authority authority and dominion dominion over everything everything in the earth realm. All right, look at part two that says then not only to seek first the kingdom of God, but it also says his righteousness. Say his righteousness. righteousness. Now, his righteousness basically means right standing in the kingdom, right place with the government of God, and it also talks about divine rights. Say divine rights. So as a citizen, when you came into the kingdom of God and you became a citizen of another government, aren't you glad? I mean, look at the governments out there right now. What government would you actually want to be part of? They're all a disaster. They're all a mess. That's why there must be a new spiritual kingdom government come into this earth realm where you can live in right now, say right now. now. How many know when I leave here and I go to Africa, I'm still a citizen in America and I still have the same rights that I had while I was here? Well, just because you're not in heaven, you don't have to try to go there to get heavenly rights. You already have them down here while you're down here on the earth. You have kingdom rights even though you've been sent to earth to spread the kingdom of God down here on the earth, praise God. Say, I have right standing, right position. I have rights in the kingdom of God. Now, let me just digress here a second. Let me just, let me just make a statement. If you still worry about things, you're not in kingdom thinking. If you still have worry in your life, then you're not in kingdom thinking. You're not there. Because there is no worry in kingdom thinking, basically. There is no reason to worry. Why? Because, uh, praise God, how many people do you think? There's a bunch of people just worrying their heads off in heaven right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, they're not doing that. And you have access to everything in heaven. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be That word there is also allow. Whatever you allow here on the earth will be allowed in heaven, but whatever you disallow down here, heaven going to back you up the whole time. Praise God. Hallelujah. So notice, here you are, and everybody, and I would say most of the people worry. A a Christian can worry, but a kingdom citizen can't. See, in Christianity, worry's accepted. It's concern. It's okay. I help you. Pat you on the back. But in the kingdom, there is no worry. Right here he says, don't worry. I mean, how much more plain can it be here? When he says, take no thought. That means, how many know that means don't worry? So here comes Jesus. The new kingdom's here. Let me tell you what you do in this kingdom. Don't worry. And everybody worries anyway. And I'll tell you another thing worry does. It shuts down the financial blessings. And every other blessing in your life, worry will shut that stuff off. Why? It's not a kingdom operation. It's a worldly operation. It's something that's done down here by people. And people say, well, I've got to worry. No, you don't. You've been taught you've got to worry. You don't have to worry. You've got authority over worry, and you don't have to worry about nothing if you don't choose to worry. And everything you worried about up to this point has done absolutely nothing for you. You haven't changed the situation. You haven't done anything to the situation. You can call whatever you want, but you don't have to worry. Way back, it must have been five or six years ago, I came to a place where my days of worry were over forever. And it's such a happy place to be. 
My wife will say, look what's going on here. I'll say, not my problem. And I'll tell you what, most of the problems you're worrying about aren't your problem either. You just want to solve the whole world's problem because you want to take God's place. Notice, you need to start with your own little zone right here. See, there's a little zone right here you've got to deal with first, not to worry anymore. So I'm not going to worry anymore. So if you're basically worrying, why are you worrying? Basically because you're not trusting God and you're trying to figure out yourself how to get through this worry and deal with this worry. And basically heaven can't help you in that situation. So worry. You want to give me another kingdom, another kingdom key out of this verse? You may not like it. If you're constantly praying for things, you're not in the kingdom thinking. Come on. Christianity basically spends their whole time praying for things. Believing for a car, believing for a house, believing for money, believing for... Well, he says right here, if you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added. So what he's trying to say is, you're worrying about things that would be added unto you if you just quit worrying and seek the kingdom first. You're praying about things that you'd have and already belong to you in your life, and you could access those things if you stop praying for them, praise God, because they've already been given to you. If you just seek first the kingdom of God, and notice what he says, birds, say birds. He said, look at the birds. Do you see the birds working 10 hours a day, three jobs in order to supply all their needs? No. What do birds do? Fly. All they do is what they were created to do, and God takes care of their needs. How about a lily? Does a lily get a job? Is it looking for a job? No. A lily simply grows. Say it grows. How many know a lily was created to? And as it grows, all of its needs are? Now, man was sent here to have dominion. So as long as you're seeking the kingdom and operating in your dominion, all these things will be added. See, I never heard a lily pray for anything. Ever seen a bird? No, well, he's just simply saying, if you just do what you were created to do and focus on that, come on, focus on seeking first my kingdom, my kingdom's ways, right standing in that kingdom, and basically do that in your life, then you won't have to worry about all these things. All these things will be added to you. Now, how can I be so confident about that? Look at verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly who? Yet your heavenly who? All right, look at verse 32. For all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly, for your heavenly who? Your heavenly who? Now, notice. You're not only born into this world, put into this earth realm to do things. You're not only a king down here, but you have been made a son or daughter of God. God is truly your father. Here it says, why do you worry about these things? Because your father knows. Say, my father knows. My father knows. Well, if your father knows, what are you all upset about? If he's already promised to take care of everything through his kingdom for you, and he already knows your problems. We spend most of our prayer time rehearsing our problems to him, and he says, I know. And you say, and this is going on. He says, I know. And then you go over this, and he says, oh, my God, I know, for God's sakes. See? The Bible says, in order to operate in the kingdom of God, you must become like little children. How many of you know? Donna's not here today, but she's got a baby who's nine months old. How many know he's not panicking this morning, whether he gets a bottle or not? When he fills his diaper, he's not praying that someone comes along and changes him. He knows somebody's going to come take care of him. Why? Because he has a father and he has a mother who he trusts. You've got to teach your kids to worry. You've got to teach them to be fearful. They've got to learn them things. They weren't born with them. Basically, they, were, they didn't care. 
They get me something. Get it to me. Give it for me. And how many know if, if your school tuition basically was due when they get older and they say, my tuition's due, and you say, okay, they don't come back 10 minutes later and say, my tuition's due. And then 10 minutes later, my tuition's due. Did I tell you my tuition's due? Pretty soon it goes smack. <laughs> yes, I know your tuition. But we treat God differently because we don't know him as a father. We know him as God. We don't know him as a heavenly father who loves us and wants to take care of us and wants to do things. The whole reason why he created you in the image and likeness mankind in the first place because he wanted a family. He wanted sons and daughters and religions out there teaching us that we're unworthy. You're so unworthy. Come on, you're such a servant. You're a sinner. Confess it. Pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners. Well, they believe that, see? But God never created you to be a sinner, created you to be a slave, Created you to be a servant. He created you to be a son. So you're a son of God. You're part of a royal family. Amen. In the news right now is what's her name and what's his name and they're out there and they're on paper and everything else because they're part of a royal. Well, I'll tell you, the royal family you're in is a lot better than the royal family they're in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, being a pastor is so hard, isn't it, Pastor Tom? It's so hard. It's so hard. There's so many things you got to do. I just say, my father knows. He knows. Take care of it. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 4. According as God has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure of his will. Now notice, before the foundations of the world, before the world was created, before the earth was created, before you were created, God had a plan. He said, what am I going to do? Basically, I'm going to have a family of sons and daughters. I'm going to create human beings in my image and my likeness. They're going to be my sons, and they're going to be my daughters. They're going to be accepted in the beloved Hallelujah. And they're going to be children that belong to me. Now, in the Old Testament, if you read that a lot, nobody recognized God as Father. They recognized God as God. Why is that? Because they were not on the same level once again. They were not born again. They did not have the nature of God on the inside of them. So it was hard to relate to them. They were basically sinners at that time. So how did God deal with Old Testament people? How did he deal with them? Fear. Say fear. How many, how many of you know when you're on one side and there's a bunch of people on the other side and these people make the wrong choice and the earth opens up and swaddles 200,000 of them, you instantly go back to God. Yeah. <laughs> See, instantly. What did he do? He scared them back. Why? Because the only way that he could do it. But now we have people who are sons and daughters of God who's been born again. And this has been God's pleasure and his will for a long time. And then Jesus comes and opens the door for people to get born again and get in the kingdom of God and be citizens and sons and daughters of his, praise God. And he's so excited. That was his will. That is my pleasure. And we come back and we all act like the prodigal son. You know, I sinned 42 years ago. And I did this and I did that. God says, I don't care. You're my son and you're my daughter and I love you and I want to provide for you. Well, just give me a little bit. Please just give me a little bit and take care of my bills. No, he wants to take care of your bills and give you plenty more and pay other people's bills at the same time and, and do those things. Why? You're a son and daughter of God. You're part of a royal family. Look what it says in the last verse there. Verse 6. To the praise and the glory of his grace wherein he has made us what? He's made us what? He's made us what? 
Now notice, if you get a revelation of your position in the kingdom of God as a son and understand that you've been accepted, you'll never have to be rejected again. Everybody's in rejection in the church. Why is that? Because they don't see themselves as sons and daughters of God. They're just trying to get God to like them. They're trying to do all the works that they can so God get favor with God, so God will do something for them. They're out there serving God with all their might to try to get God to love them and do something with it. And God already loves you, praise God, and has born you into be a son and daughter of God. You're not a sinner. You're not a slave. You're not any of those things. You're a son of the living God, and you are accepted. Now, I don't care who rejects me after he accepts me. Because when I die, I'm not gone before you. See, the one person that hates my guts when I die, I'm not going to go up before them and say, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, praise God. You're going to go up before him. And as long as God's accepting me, it not only allows me not to suffer with rejection, but it helps me to accept other people. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Two more words on there. Are you ready? (laughs) Three words. Just the way they are. (laughs) Because you know what? He accepted me. But if you don't understand that and you're still trying to perform and you're trying to be somebody and you're trying to come out of your sin and you're trying to get God to accept you, you're going to suffer with rejection all the time, praise God. And you're going to judge other people the way you see yourself. That's why you can only love your neighbor as you love your... I'm a sinner. I hate myself. I'm terrible. How's your relationships going with everybody else? Pretty bad, aren't they? Why? Because you don't even love yourself. You don't understand. You are a son. You are a legitimate son. And I know we hear this all the time. You're a son. Everybody says, that's really great. Hallelujah. You're a son of God. But you are. You're a son of God. And the father comes to you and says, why do you worry about what you eat and what you drink? Your father knows what you need. How much more will your heavenly father give those good things to anybody that asks me? Well, I don't think God will do anything for me. I prayed once. Nothing happened. Just ain't working out. Look at my position. Look where my money's at. Yeah, well, your money's at because your attitude's where your money's at, and it's holding you back from moving up in the things of God. You're a son and daughter of God. That should help you relax somewhat. Just knowing he's a, he's a good father, praise God. I mean, no, he is a good father. We sing it, he's a good, good, good father. There's one time when somebody came up to, to Jesus and said, called him good, remember that? And Jesus said, nobody's good but God. Does that, that puzzle you? Puzzled me. Didn't it puzzle you? If I was Jesus, I'd said, yeah, man, I'm good. Praise God. I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. No, he said, only God is good because our our attitude of good is good. But God's vision of good sometimes isn't good for us to see, but good for us to be. You understand? You may end up in a situation that you don't think is good. But then again, that situation was there and God saw it was good because it was going to elevate you into another situation, and you saw it as a bad, oh my God, oh, he's gone through it, can't go through it anymore. Hey, you're going to go through stuff down here, you might as well get used to it, but the thing is, you've got authority to control every circumstance in your life, and everything that goes on in your life, when you start using that authority, you'll go through those times, rather than stay in them. What if Joseph would have got to prison and said, oh God, put me in prison, I was serving him. I was one of his best people. I know I was. He liked me. And look where I'm at. I'm in jail. Paul and Silas, they get whipped and they go into the inner parts of prison and they're standing on their stocks and walls. There's rats walking all around. What are they doing? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why is that? You know that wasn't good. How many of you want to do that? How many want to be arrested and put in prison? You don't want to. But in God's eyes, that was good. See, you might as well just come to the place where you understand God knows more than you. And sometimes that's hard for people. 
because they think they know everything, can handle everything, do anything. No, 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 no. God's, God's got plans, and God knows what he's doing, and God's happening. I don't mean he throws ugly stuff at you, but you're in the earth, and stuff is going to happen. Yeah. You understand? You're going to come across people who don't like you. How are you going to handle that? Well, I'll give them something. I'll tell you, bless God. See, Christians can live in unforgiveness, but kingdom citizens cannot. Amen. That's right. Can't do it. And I've got authority over that. Somebody comes and hits me with something or mean to me or something like that, I use my authority. I said, no, you tend to love my enemies and bless those who curse me. And that's what I'm going to do, praise God. And I'm going to walk in that and stay in that. What am I doing? I'm obeying kingdom laws. I'm a kingdom citizen. And when I do that, I'm staying in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to go there. I don't belong there. That's not where a kingdom citizen go. That's not part of my culture. That's not part of where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not going there anymore. Some of you, when worry just starts to come to your mind, you need to take authority over it. Don't think about it for a week, then try to get delivered from it. It's like a seed. Do you know that? It'll grow. It'll grow, praise God. You get a pain in your arm and say, oh, my gosh, my elbow hurts this morning. And devil will say, well, that's real bad because cancer in the elbow has been going around a long time now. You'll say, my God, it could be cancer in the elbow. And then you'll find out that everybody has cancer in the elbow dies within two days. You'll be going, oh, I'm dying. And you go to the doctor and he says, he sprained it. And you just spent two weeks in living hell, tormented, worrying, disgusted, busted, and everything else, praise God, and can't do anything simply because you let that seed in your mind to go. You can uproot any seed that comes in your thought life. The Bible actually says a kingdom system cast down some thoughts, 50-50. No, cast down every thought and every imagination that comes into your life. So when a worry thought comes to me, I ain't dealing with it. I filled out a uh, thing where, from another church that Charlena brought me that she, she's on Bible college online, basically. She's doing a great job going through it. And sometimes they got things you got to fill out, whether you're a pastor or whatever. And it was questions for me, basically. And one of the questions were, what do you do when you have a bad day? And I put, I don't have bad days. Amen. It, and I mean, now listen, I didn't have to think that up. It just came out of the inside of me. That's a dumb question because I don't have bad days. See, when you don't think about, struggle about tithing anymore and you just do it, you're in the kingdom thinking because that's what the kingdom does. When you forgive somebody even when they hurt you and you don't have to think about it, should I forgive them or not? Well, let me call Sister Susie and Sister Blabbermouth and see what she's got to say about it. And we'll see what she thinks about the situation. And then I'll be there. No, you can't do that. Praise It'll be a natural thing for you. Do you understand? Hey, I don't do that unforgiveness stuff. I don't do that offense stuff. I don't do that stuff. I'm walking in a different kingdom, praise God. And I'm a son of the living God. And my daddy loves me. And I love him. And I'm going to walk in this stuff. And I've got the authority to live there. Now, Christianity has told you you're a mess. And it's not going to get any better down here. So just hold on till Jesus comes. Well, he's not coming very soon, so hold on tight. Because he's not on his way back yet, do you see? That's okay. That's okay. Everybody does that. Everybody goes through that. That's the way everybody sins. Everybody's worried. Everybody lives in unforgiveness. That's okay. Praise God. Come on. Hallelujah. See, I could get more people here if I proclaim myself that in order to get rid of any sins that you had, you had to come to me. Now you're in trouble because whenever you sin, you got to come to me. And praise God, I got you locked in, don't I? Because if you sin, the only way you're going to get rid of it is if you come to... And what is that? Is that freedom? It isn't, is it? Religion controls you. You can't wear earrings. Don't you dare wear makeup. My gosh, lengthen that dress, praise God. Get it down to the floor. All those things that we thought freed us up actually bound us. 
See, they're bondages to us. When you get freed up with the kingdom of God, you won't have those stupid thoughts about what or what not to do. You won't be thinking on sin all the time. You'll be thinking on God's will and how can I complete it and perform it today because I'm a son of the living God and an ambassador that God has put down here for this time in this area to do a certain purpose, praise God. All right, look at Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we now cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children and sons, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. And let's just go a little further while we're there. And I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. I'm sorry, where? Hallelujah. The glory is going to be revealed from the inside of us. Is that what that says? For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of who? All right. So the whole world was messed up when Adam messed up. Mankind was messed up. Bumblebees were messed up. Uh, Weeds were messed up. Roaches were messed up. Everything was messed up at that time. So all creation wants to get back to their original created way they are, but they're not going to do that until the sons of God get back to the original place where they are supposed to be in their way of thinking to rule and reign here on the earth. It don't talk about the manifestations of the sons of God. It talks about the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, inside of each and every one of you, there is the ability, there's God's divine nature, there's power in there, there's authority in there, there's everything you need to manifest what's on the inside of you. How do we manifest what the nature of God that's on the inside of us? Ding, 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 final answer, precious promises of God, whereby these precious promises, we may partake of his divine nature. So as we see the promises of God, he promised that when he came back, he'd bring a kingdom. He did. He promised he'd give us authority. He did. He promised he'd give us power. We do. He promised he'd fill us with the Holy Ghost. He did. He promised he'd surprise our need. He will. He'll do all these things, praise God, on the inside of us. So now we have a spirit of adoption where we're not full of fear anymore, but we're crying out, Abba, Daddy, praise God, Daddy. But how many know you can receive a spirit of fear? You can receive a spirit of worry. You can do that. And the thing is, basically, in worldly kingdoms, and there's not many of them left, but there's some places where they actually do have a king and they do have citizens. Basically, all those citizens in them kingdom basically are called subjects. Say subjects. What is a subject? A subject are the citizens of that kingdom who are sub, which means below the royalty who are ruling that kingdom. Are you following me? So there's a king. They're ruling the kingdom. You are a subject, basically. You are below the king. He's got him and his family, and that's it. But that's not the way the kingdom of God works. Because the kingdom of God in the kingdom of God not, doesn't have any subjects. It only has kings and sons. So you're all part of the royal family. You're not a subject. You're not a slave. You're not any of these things. And the, the real exciting part is if a king in a kingdom down here gets in trouble and somebody attacks his kingdom, he gets his subjects. And how many know the subjects defend the king? But in the kingdom of God, moki alamashike, the king died for you, and the king has angels to protect you, 
It's completely different because you're not a subject. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you are a son of God, and protection belongs to you. Say protection, protection. belongs to me. Yes. All right, let's just go with the United States. Let's make it easy. I live in the United States. I'm watching a show today, and I'm on the camera, and somebody breaks in my front door. How many know it's not my job to jump up and beat them up? All I can do is grab the phone, dial 911, and because I'm a citizen of the United States, they are required to come out of their little station with their sirens just a blaring and come on full speed to help me and protect me because I'm a citizen of the United States of America. That's my right. Say, that's my right. Well, in the kingdom of God, you have angels. And when trouble comes your way or your kid's way or something, just pick up the phone. Come on. Dial 911 heaven. What, what did Jesus say? They come, to, they come to arrest him. What he said, I can call on about 120,000 angels right now, and this would be a bad day for you. You think losing an ear is bad? Remember Peter? Psst, chopped off his ear. He said, that's nothing compared to what could happen to you if I call on the angels to come down here. So notice there's protection as a son of God. There's protection in the place that you're at. You're not a slave. You're not a sinner. You're not a servant. You're not a low life. You're not a subject. You are a son of the living God. Notice what it says. You're heirs. Say heirs. heirs. You're an heir. Now, this is good. My children are basically my heirs. They get everything that I got when? When I die. Christianity has taught us we get everything Jesus has when we die. When we die, you go to heaven, you're going to have peace, you're going to have joy, you're going to have power, you're going to have all this stuff as soon as you die. But I don't get my inheritance when my kid dies. They get my inheritance when I die. How many know our king already died? And you are an heir to everything that he provided for you, not when you get to heaven. Right now, you are an heir of God. Everything that he has, notice what it says, join heir, saying join heir. Now, co-heir is good. But join heir is better. Co-heir means i got to share it with somebody. Join heir means everything that Jesus provided on the cross now belongs to me, and it's all mine, praise God, because it's already been provided for me, so I'm an heir. No wonder why we call him Abba Father. You know what Abba means? Source. He's our source and our Father. If he's going to be your source, then how many know he might take care of you? All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto who? Now therefore you are no more strangers, you're no more a foreigner, but fellow citizens with the saints, and you're of the household of who? Well, now something happened when you came into the kingdom, didn't it? Number one, you are no longer a stranger at that time you were. You're no longer a foreigner outside the kingdom of God. But now you are a citizen and a member of the family of God, and you have access to who? You have access to your father again, don't you? You have access to daddy, father, praise God. Now, you may not have access to your favorite singer. You may not have access to your favorite sports hero. You may not have access to anybody. But you've got access to the father himself, God himself, basically, because you're no longer a stranger. You're no longer a foreigner. Now, in the churches today, you go there and you talk to people about their position and where they're at in the kingdom of God. And I mean, they talk like they're, they're losers. Christians talk like they're victims. 
They talk like they're sickly. They talk like they're broke. They talk like they can't do anything. Everything's all up to God, whatever God wants to do. He's teaching me a lesson. He's doing all this stuff. All this stuff is a Christian mentality that's been ground into us, so we live as losers. Now, as long as you're a loser, you're going to need a place to go to lose your loserness. I don't know if it's a word, but it is now. See? So what am I going to do? I'm going to keep going back to church. Well, I'm a loser, and I need some help, praise God. And you go back to church, and to be honest with you, for the first 15 years of my Christianity, I went to church every time the door was open. I went to every revival service. I did everything, and I sang victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Went home. I was broke, sick. Down and out. Next weekend, I'd go find another revival, and I'd sing, Victory in Jesus, my Savior. For Went home broke, sick. Nothing was changing. I was singing the songs. I was getting emotional high. I was feeling good when I left. Is this fun? Yeah, this is fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And finally, I said, God, it ain't working. How I many you know you got to go to God sometimes? Yeah. I just said, hey, I'm doing all, all that I see here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's not working. And he said, it's never going to work. You're just going to keep going around in that same little circle over and over again, trying to impress me, trying to manipulate me, trying to appease me, trying to get me to do things to you. When you don't understand, when you got born again, you came into a kingdom of God, and everything that I have has been given to you as my son. It already belongs to you. Now you stand in that position of divine health. You stand in that position of divine wealth. You stand in that position of peace and joy, and you take that authority that I gave you. It operates in three realms, and you keep things from invading your territory, basically, that tries to come into your life every single day. People come up all the time, and I'm just so worried, worried, and most of the time I'm nice, but if I know they've been a Christian a long time, I just say repent. I'm so worried, and everything are going so bad. Repent. What do you mean repent? Repent. You're thinking stupid. That's why you're there. I don't believe that. Out the door they go. That in. They want to find somebody that says, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So rough for you to do that. Come on, isn't that what we want? No situations? Tell me to pat us on the back. No, repent, praise God. So you're the one who's accepting the worry, the bad report. You're the one who determines whether you have a good day or a bad day. If your circumstances decide what kind of day you're going to have, they be Lord of your life. Feelings be Lord of your life. Emotions be Lord of your life. But the word is stronger than feelings. It's stronger than emotions. And you can run them feelings right out of your life. And I'll tell you, the only feeling you get when you're operating the kingdom of God is joy for some reason. You're just happy about everything. Everything, catastrophe can hit your life, but you know that you're coming right through on the outside because you have authority and you have power to do these things. The Bible tells you to don't, don't sin anymore. Sin shall not have dominion over you, yet people are living in sin. I've just got to do that. We all sin all the time. We sin. Hallelujah. My name's Tom. I'm an alcoholic. My name's Tom. I'm a drug addict. My name's Tom. I'm broke. My name's Tom. I'm sick. Somebody help me. I'd like to help you. But you're going to have to start by changing your first five confessions that you just made in your life and see yourself a little bit different because as I make things in his heart, so is he. So you've got to change that. Wherever you're suffering right now, whatever low life thoughts you've got of yourself, you need to change that, line it up with the word of God and get that out. And what does that do? That opens up a connection and an avenue to God himself and the power of the Holy Spirit be released from the inside of you. You can walk in the power of God constantly, but you're only going to do it in agreement. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? You can't be walking in disagreement all the time and going to God with your 9,000 problems and trying to manipulate him with your feelings and emotions. Have you ever did that? Boy, I did in the early, early days of my ministry. Can't you see? Can't you see what's going on in this church? 
We started with 50, now we got 20. Can't you see? Well, I'll tell you what, whenever you operate in the power of God, you're going to lose people. And now whenever you preach the kingdom of God, you're going to lose some more people. See? We probably, when I started preaching the kingdom of God about three years ago, we probably had 83, 84 people here. Now we probably got 50. Why is that? Because some people aren't going to like the message. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, if you're really going to get into this and you're going to study it and you're going to learn it, it's going to get excited on the inside and you're going to start telling some of your friends. And you better, you better understand that they may not liketh what you telleth themeth. And they may get mad at you with and start spreading rumors about it you with all over the place. So you might as well just get used to it because people have been thinking the same way a long time. Have you ever been around a, a really old person in their 70s and try to change the way they think? Been doing that for 70 years. I don't care if it's wrong. Still going to do it, praise God. See, they're locked in. It's hard to do. The older you get, the more you've planted the seed, the more you've been in there, the more you've done things. So notice also here it says you're not only a family of God, you're a citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. Now, what is a citizen? A citizen is a legal person with rights and privileges that are protected by a king, a constitution, and his government. So as a citizen, you are a legal person with rights and privileges protected by a king, a constitution, and his government. Now, here's, here's why you don't want to pray for things. If you pray to have your bills met and God meets them, you'll be praying again in another week to have your bills met again. If you're sick and you pray for God to heal you, and he does, probably in another two weeks you'll be praying for God to heal you again. But when you enter into the kingdom of God and understand the kingdom way it operates and seek the kingdom first, all your bills are paid and healing belongs to you. Instead of asking him for healing, you're going to take back what belongs to you, praise God. Remember David in the Old Testament? He went away, he was out winning, doing things for God. He came back and his whole town was burned up. They took his wife, they took his daughters, they took all the wives, they took everybody. And, and you know what everybody wanted to do? Kill the minister. Now we could stay there for a while. And I could preach you some experiences. Yeah, they wanted to kill David. Let's stone David. Well, what was that going to do for God's sakes? So what did David do? He went off to the side and the Bible says he encouraged himself. Oh, Jesus, I'm a king. Oh, my God. They want to stone me, but I ain't going to stone me because I'm a king. And then finally got to the thing, what do you want me to do? And God said, you pursue and you recover every single thing that that stupid devil stole from you, praise God. You should be in recovery mode. The more you move into the kingdom of God, you are getting in recovery mode. You're going to say, hey, you lied to me about that. You lied to me about that problem in my life that I couldn't do anything about it. And I had to get God involved. I'll tell you what, right now, you get out of my life in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. You loose me right now and you let me go in Jesus' name, praise God. And what are you doing? You're taking the authority that God has given you and your ruling that you were created for. Notice, we've got meetings all over the place and everybody wants to have a meeting in their house or whatever and they can do whatever they want that's entirely up to them I've got me they've got them but they'll go to a place and and they'll worship all night long and that's fine if you want to do that but you were not created as your number one goal to worship there's nothing wrong with it but if you're worshiping five nights a week at 18 different people's house and not using any dominion what's the purpose so you feel good I had two goosebumps during the worship service last night I'm still broke car don't run, lost two hubcaps rather than one. <laughs> ain't working in my life. See, that ain't helping you. What helps you, you were created to use your dominion. And the more you use your dominion, the more you're going to worship and praise because things are finally going to start working in your life for a change, praise God. You're going to change the way you're thinking. You're not going to be praying for finances. You're too busy in the kingdom of God. You're, I mean, most of my prayers deal with God's desires. 
not my desires anymore. I'm done with that. Mine are just to know his will. There's a prayer, I think, in Colossians. You know, to know his will, praise God, an understanding of his will. And to know that, that's what I want to do. I want to know his will. I want his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. I want his will before my problems. I want his will there. What does that do? It opens up the kingdom of heaven to move in our lives and do things in our lives, praise God. Hallelujah. So you're a citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. citizen. Oh, my God, the time's gone fast. I thought I heard somebody's stomach growl. All right, let me just wrap this up. Let me just wrap this up this way. We'll just skip page four, five, and six. Two party double ball. See, I'm a citizen. I'm a son of the living God. All right, let me talk about Christian just for a little bit because people get mad at me about this, but that's okay. Basically, in the Bible, and I know we're Christians, I don't have a problem with that, but in the Bible, you know, Jesus never called us Christians at all. He never called us Christians one time. He did call us sons and daughters of God all over the place, praise God. And Christian basically was a label given to the early church because of who they were and how they were operating. In other words, they were operating as Christians because they were walking in faith, love, peace, and the power of God. So they said, hey, look, those people are Christians, not because they had a label or a cross around their neck or a bumper sticker that said, I love Jesus. It's because of the culture that they had on the inside of them. So Christian was never for a group of people, which now has been lumped with Buddhism and everything else, is just another religion. Christian basically is a culture. It's not a label. It is a lifestyle. There's a Christian lifestyle, basically. It's not what we should do or not do, but what we should be. Hallelujah. All the time in our life, I was trying to do things to be a good Christian, and I found out I do things because I am a good Christian. There's a difference between the two. Everything else is trying to become something that you already are. You shouldn't just read the Bible. You should live the Bible. You just shouldn't go to church. You should be the church. Because that's who we are. That's what a Christian really is. So if, if I'm a kingdom citizen, mm-hmm. all right, let me throw this at you. If you're a Christian, you can vote for somebody who kills babies and not think another thing about it. But if you're a kingdom citizen, you cannot vote for anyone who's killing innocent babies because you're under a different thou shall not kill innocent babies covering here. But Christians can go ahead and do it, and a lot of them are. Yeah. Don't even give it a second thought about it. Don't even care. Hey, no problem. We're, why is that? Because Christianity is everything anymore. Anything, you're just a, even people that aren't born again think they're a Christian. You can be born again and not be a Christian because it's a lifestyle that you're supposed to be living. There's a lot of born-again people that aren't Christian because they don't even live like, per se, what a Christian's supposed to be. But it's become a label for everybody. Everybody's, are you a Christian? Yeah. People will tell you a Christian, and they don't even have any idea what a Christian is, and they don't even have any idea whether they are. They just don't want to deal with you. <laughs> Isn't that right? Hey, you know, are you a Christian? You ever been to church? Nope. Are you a Christian? Yeah. yeah I'm a Christian. <laughs> Why are you a Christian? Well, I'm just a Christian. I'm a Christian, because if I don't, you're going to come back and try to make me one again. And now notice too, if you claim to be a Christian and you're living like a prodigal son in the pig pen and now you're taking your tracks out so that people can come in and be just like you, keep your track. Yeah. Here, you can come in, you can come in and be a Christian just like me. I'm broke, sick, down and out, ain't got no job. Had 14 marriages I've been through, 52 kids by nine wives, but it's working. Take my track. See, that ain't it. It's a lifestyle that we run. Kingdom citizens do not debate. You know, in a democracy, you can debate laws. 
We can all get together with senators and everything else, and we can change the laws. But in the kingdom of God, you ain't going to change no law. What the king said is it. That's it. I'm sorry. That's it. You ain't going to change it. Well, here's what we think. We got church consuls getting together right now, trying to determine what God said. He said what he said. And he's not in the business of changing that thing. Praise God. But we even have churches doing it. What kind of churches? Christian. We be Christian. No, you be nuts. See, you can't do that, praise God. You're a kingdom citizen. All right, go to 1 John chapter 3. You egg me on, now you're stuck with me. Read this book as a son. Read this book as a kingdom citizen. Read this book of a, as somebody who is somebody, and it'll change your life. The scriptures that God wants you to have will jump out at you. With that sin mentality, I'm telling you what, you will, you will relate to every sinner in the entire Bible. You'll see yourself as the, the woman who was caught in adultery. You'll see yourself, but if you see yourself as a kingdom priest, you will identify with Jesus. That's, that's who you should be identifying with. Do you know that? Jesus. Don't identify with the disciples. People say, well, I identify with Peter and John. Oh, my gosh. Have you read about them in the Bible and what they do? They got in a boat that was filling up with water. We're going to die. Is that the kind of life? See, you want to live? No, Jesus is our pattern, what Jesus did. You're not the one who's sinking in the boat, crying out for Jesus to help you. You're Jesus standing up in the boat and saying, peace be still, praise God. And the winds and the waves are stopping. That's who you identify with. That's who your divine nature is. All right, 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Hallelujah. Isn't that nice that he bestowed a bunch of love on you? That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us. No. Why is that? Because we know him. It knew him not. How I many you know he didn't do very well? And I'll tell you what, his main, his main enemy was not the world. His main enemy was the religious leaders of the day. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet what? Does not yet what? Appear what we what? Shall be. So notice, even though we have this son potential, even though we're walking the son of God, the real son of God on the inside of us is slowly making an appearance on the outside. All at once you're walking in more love than you used to. All at once you're not worrying nearly like you used to. You're not bound by fear anymore. You're reaching out to people. People yell at you. You're just walking in love anyway. You're just using the word of God and you're operating on a thing. And what's on the inside of you is basically coming out of the inside of you and you're making an appearance as a son of the living God, not as a Christian, but as a son and people come up all the time and say, uh, I'm Catholic, what are you? I say, son of God. And you know, that's like slapping them in the face sometimes. But what do you belong to? Heaven? Citizen of heaven? But I mean, are you Pentecostal, full gospel? Uh, I'm a son of God, that's who I am. I'm a son of God. And they, don't, they don't, can't comprehend that. They want to be part of this one little group, and one little group over here. And if they don't like this group, you know what they do? Go to the next group. And if they get offended there, you know what they do? Take their offense with it, next group. By the time they get to the fifth denomination, they're carrying this big bag of unforgiveness and everything else into that body, which I'm sure helps that body out. See? But when you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you don't do that, praise God. All you want to do, these, these Sunday mornings are basically, and Wednesday nights are just information centers for you to how to operate in your kingdom. That's what they are. We are here to try to teach you who you are, what you can do, the rights that you have, so you live in victory 24 hours a day, and then you go out... And you tell other people about the kingdom of God as it slowly changes your life financially. It changes your life. I mean, think about it. Who gets a $7 an hour raise? Give me a break. 
Nobody gets a seven. You might get a 50-cent raise if you've been good. But nobody gets $7 an hour raises, see? And we limit God. Oh, you know, if I could just pay, pay this house, you know, make my payments, make my payment. I'll tell you what, there's been people in this church. Barbara was talking about it. She's not here today, but she was talking about one time when she owned a piece of ground. It was worth like $30,000, and she left it go, and they left the taxes out because she couldn't pay the money on the thing. And all, once she got the money to pay the taxes two years later and paid the taxes on the thing, and she got something from the thing that said, it's paid. She said, the taxes? She said, no, the whole thing. The whole $30,000 lot has been paid. And she said, well, how's it been paid? They said, we don't know, but it's paid. Now, how many know you don't want to argue with that very long? <laughs> you don't want to go into deep investigations to try to find out. You just want to say, thank you. Take that paid in full, hang it on your wall up there. Hallelujah. And she's looking just to pay the thing. Come on. Right. Pay here, pay. And all went, psh, there it all went. How many know that's kingdom? Yeah. And how many know that was not the last $30,000 I've checked? He's still got some up there, praise God. So what are we doing down here? Basically, we're slowly growing into and living this kingdom lifestyle to where the kingdom culture that's now in heaven is being transferred into the earth realm. And sooner or later, the culture of the kingdom and the kingdom of everything is going to take over this entire world because sooner or later, the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory, the nature, and the power of God. And people say, how can that happen? Well, let me put it this way. If you want... If you want Chinese food, you can go to New York, and you can go to a place called Chinatown. It's not in China. It's in New York. And you can go to Chinatown, and you can get all the Chinese food that you want there. You don't have to go to China to do it. You can just go right there, and you can get... Now, how did that Chinese area get over here? People from China came to the United States. All at once, their talk came, their culture came, their traditions came, their food came, and it turned into this little community of people, and pretty soon is a place where they have Chinese food, where they got Chinese dress, where they got Chinese everything. What happened? The culture of China came to the U.S. without China coming to the U.S., but its people came there and started a culture. Are you following me? If you want Jamaican food, how many know if you're in New York? You can find it. You don't have to get on the next plane and fly to Jamaica because they're Jamaica town, praise God. And they got beans and rice and everything that you'd ever want there, praise God. Why is that? That was their culture in Jamaica, and they brought that culture over to the U.S., and now there's places there. Hallelujah. Well, now, praise God, there are going to be sons of God communities because we are going to take the nature that's in heaven. We don't have to go there. We thought we had to die to get it. But we can take that nature. We can come down here, and we can start sons of God culture, sons of God abilities, sons of God character, sons of God nature. And what are we doing? If people want Jamaican food, they can go to Jamaican land. If they want Chinese food, they can go to China land. But if they want to be Christians and they want to operate as sons of God, they got to come to son of God land. And we are the ones in son of God land. Notice the culture is transferred not by the territory, but by the people. And the kingdom of God is where today? Right in here. So I'm here. I'm bringing the kingdom of God, which is on the inside of me, to the earth realm. And I'm getting with other ones and with other ones. And we're building a community here of people who start to understand the kingdom of God and start operating the kingdom of God. And other people will come into the community and they'll start learning about the kingdom of God. And they'll be talking to, hey, well, he said this. I don't understand this. He said that. And you'll be talking to him and pretty soon the community will grow. And we'll be one heart and one mind as kingdom citizens. That's where the power of God in total agreement lies. Come on. Because it's in the people. Say culture is in the people. All right, and let me prove it to you. When Sodom and Gomorrah culture started in an area, God did not destroy the land. 
He destroyed the people. What for? To try to eliminate that culture. See? So it's in the people. You are the culture of God. You are sons of God. You're the carriers of the kingdom of God here. And the more we come in agreement and understand how the kingdom of God works, we understand that, you know, the, the keys of the kingdom. One time we're going to start talking about the keys of the kingdom because they're very interesting, the different keys that God has in the kingdom because you can have a lot of keys, and, and I do. I mean, i got a key chain here someplace, and I know about two keys where they go, the other 14. I ain't got any idea. Whether they're from the old Holiday Inn or the old building there, I don't know whether they're all on there. How many know they're not doing me any good? So if God has given us the keys of the kingdom, and we have them, and you don't know what they go to, then you just got a bunch of keys that aren't working for you at all. So sooner or later, we're going to get into the keys of the kingdom, too, and show you some of the keys. I know some of them. I know there's a lot more. But there's keys of the kingdom that will operate for you. You'll be able to, when something comes into your life, just stick that key in there, turn the lock, and unlock that, and allow the power of God into your life through heaven at that time, because you're the one that disallows, or you're the one that allows. Praise God. All right, jump up this morning. You could talk about this stuff for hours, I'm telling you. Hours. And let me just say, the kingdom of God teaching resonates with you because it's actually what you lost. That's the emptiness that's on the inside of you. So you're going to run into people basically who, who hear it and they get all excited about it because that's what they've been missing their whole life up to this point. They've tried religion, they tried this, they tried that, and nothing has worked. But all once you're telling them about a kingdom that came back, praise God. And this kingdom is a place where I can live in victory. This kingdom is a place where I have power and I have the anointing and I have authority and I can control the circumstances around me. I mean, that is the greatest thing about the kingdom of God. You can control circumstances around you, praise God, if you just do it and get out of the mindset, I've got to take everything that comes. The Bible says you can disallow or you can allow. So if worry, you're a worry person, come on, don't be like a turkey on Thanksgiving. See, worried all the time. They're going to cut my head off. They're going to take me. They're going to eat me today. They're going to come after me. You need to deal with that kind of stuff. You need to be able to catch it in your mind and use your authority to run that out of your life, praise God. You don't have to be another victim in the great line of warriors in your family. Your great-grandma was a great warrior. Your grandma was even better. Your mom was super, and now it's your turn. It's your turn to change. Cut off that generational curse that has been going down year after year after year because they don't understand the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I thank you once again for your word this morning. I thank you for the revelation that we are actually sons and daughters of you. We thank you that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Many people aren't led by the Spirit of God because they're so worried and so fearful. Therefore, they can't operate as a son and even hear God. But since we're sons of God and we've got over the worrying and over the fear, praise God, we hear your voice loud and clear as you direct us and show us. Father, I would pray for the eyes of every person in here to be open this week as they read your word and as they hear your word, that kingdom would be revealed to them in their lives in ways that they can make the adjustment and make the change, Father. We want a community of sons and daughters of God, praise the Lord, that are serving you in the kingdom of God that operate in sonship and in citizenship. We thank you for the spirit of God on the inside of each and every one of us. We thank you for continued revelation and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name and everybody said amen Amen. all right praise god we'll see you wednesday night seven o'clock to hear more dynamic words go to mytcbc.com you can also find us on facebook and youtube So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things shall be added unto you.